I am very pleased to have JP back on Exopolitics today. He has an update about the Atlantic Space Arc. So welcome, JP, to Exopolitics today. How you doing, Doc? It's a pleasure to be here um, on Exopolitics. I know this is back to back and this is awesome. We're living awesome time and I'm getting the green light. So that's really awesome that when, when we do missions like this back to back, I get the green light to tell you. So that's really good, you know. Well, this is great news. I always enjoy hearing what the latest missions are. And of course, you've done four missions to the Atlantic Space Arc. And the last one, you talked about a, a jewel being taken out. So, and you mentioned, I think, that um, there would be another mission uh, where the jewel would be returning. So I guess this is that mission. Is that right? This is that mission. This is that mission. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. So tell us, um, you know, how did, how did it begin? It was a total of four, four of us, right? Including the pilot and the co-pilot on a 60. We were on a, on a 60 and we flew we flew out to the atlantic and we landed on the donut shape ship that is actually ready to leave its location in this particular time right now so we flew and we were dressed dressed up in all blacks black uniforms type of ocps but black ones we landed and we saw five looking beings. Um, they look human, but they have slightly bigger eyes. Nordic, Nordic-like extraterrestrials, but they were dressed in uniform uh, without name tags, without no, no names or nothing like that. And they had a glass box with them, with the jewel inside of it. This time, there was, there was no ships around. So we landed and they were already lined up with dogs checking them, just sniffing, sniffing them around and, and they were just in, in formation. So we got out of the helicopter, the helicopter left fast. Like it got there and it moved out fast to another location, to another um, closer. There's another pad that is out there that they land to, to put fuel on that we have we got a couple of those pads out there um i know the navy are really familiar with it, what, what i'm talking about um for helicopters to land and to get refueled there's certain parts of the atlantic or the pacific that we have these type of pads that probably ospreys and helicopters they can land and they get fueled by certain kind of ships that pass by and fuel them and they're there just in location like stationary in grid locations in order for helicopters or ospreys or other types of um military whatever needs fuel so we got there and it was kind of tense because uh the nordic soldiers um they were not talking they were really hesitant to give back the, the jewel. 
So, you know, they were holding it, total of five of them. And they said they pointed down. They did not want to talk. And they pointed that they wanted to go and put the jewel with us. So I did not see them in what vehicle they got there and how they got there. So we went to the big room. It's like a little horseshoe room. And we got briefed of what we needed to do. So our mission was is to bring back the jewel and put it back into the location before this big massive storm passes by. Hurricane Lee, as you know right now, this big storm is one of the biggest storms that the Atlantic has seen in a while. It's a big storm. I know I've been sharing with you on and off on the location of the of this storm. Now this storm is getting close to the Atlantic arc. And the reason we, our mission was to um, bring this jewel back to the arc. Can you just say, JP, today's uh, Wednesday, September 13th. So, so when was the mission? This was Monday. Okay, so we're talking September 11. And this uh, Hurricane Lee is making a beeline for that for where that donut-shaped ship is located. Yes. Okay. So it is is intentionally that this um, storm is going that way. I don't know what technology we're using, but I think is for me, I feel that is intentionally that is going towards that location. So we started going down the elevator and we were looking at four of the soldiers because one stayed behind on top. So we decided to go four and four um, because, you know, five and four, if something hits the fan, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We never seen these guys before, you know, but they look friendly. They were really polite. There was a female one. She was a female. She was with them. She went down as well with them. So four soldiers and we had four soldiers and we had our watches with us that measure a heartbeat where we at our location. So we started going down the elevator to the arc and we noticed that the, you know, the highway of the highway of, of water. I don't know what the, what, the Gulf uh, stream. There's a couple of names uh, there. You got the Gulf stream. And goes um, north to south. And then you got the other one that goes left to right. I don't know the name of the other one. But yeah, um, we felt it coming down. It, it was a little bit, the, the current was a little bit stronger. And we were going side to side until we got to the, this, this tube that the elevator, I don't know if I ever got into this with you. This tube um, that the elevator goes up and down, it's made of a, flexible type of metal chain-like technology that moves with the current, but it was moving more than usual. So you hear the elevator scratching, coming down and sometimes scratching every 50 feet. You hear like, like, you know, when it's, when it's touching the, the metal chain wall, you know that the current is strong and then you're moving side to side. You're like, oh, Oh man. And then this elevator has like a two double doors. 
And there's one that opens. And then there's a second one that's really thick. It's like two feet thick that opens. And you go in there and that's what pressurizes the the elevator that takes you down. So that two feet door closes first and then the other one closes on top. And then it takes you down. And it's like a tube, a metal chain tube. It looks like a massive straw, but surrounded by metal. Quite interesting, that technology. But it's a lighter metal. I don't know what type of metal, but it, it flexes. It flexes in and flexes out. So we get to the arc. We open it, and we point it to the other soldiers, the Nordics, to to go first. And no, they hesitated. They said, no, you guys go first. And they gave us the glass jewel. So when we grabbed the glass jewel, we felt the same sensation of feeling sad. And we were like, oh, man, here we go again. Um, two of the guys that were there with me went on the same mission when we took the jewel. So that one dude was there to put back the jewel that took out the jewel for the first time. So we were going through the chambers, the chambers of the Sophosikis, um, different type of boxes. Um, we passed the chamber where we see the writings, different writings. I saw something different that I hadn't seen. I saw another writing that was different. It was ancient as well, but I never seen it before. I just never looked at that location when we went there last time, those couple of times. So every time or every time we come down to the arc, we see something different. And, you know, you always got to take notes of what you see to report back when you get back and finish. You finish the mission. So we keep walking. You know, and we always have a NCIC in charge, you know, telling us what to do or, you know, where to follow and how to do things. And and it's really structured, you know. You really can't touch anything. You you really have to stay with a low, low voice just in case we hear something else. So the, the other soldiers, they, they kind of were doing the same thing that we were doing. So they were following us to the back, to the back of us. So we we kept walking and we passed the, the chamber where we saw the fishes. Uh, the other four Nordic soldiers, they looked at it and they were amazed on the on the floating orb water that was there with fishes that were glowing. So we passed that. And then we went to the chamber where we saw the statue that had the three eye statue that looked a little bit uh, um, oriental. It looked like a Buddha, but not Buddha. It was like a, a Shiva. Buddha is a mixture of, of religions. It was quite interesting to see again. So we passed that and we got to the location where, where we needed to put the, the crystal. So we went one by one. We did like a, we did like a half circle and we told the guy that had the, the box. Um, we did not know how to open the box. So the, the, the other soldiers, they went, they went to the box and they opened it and they started um, taking out the jewel. And you can see the tears in their eyes when they were handling these, this jewel. And everybody started tearing up. It's a feeling that you get that 
it's like when when somebody takes something that's precious from you or when you lose a loved one um that you really love that's the feeling you get when you look at this particular jewel i guess the glass box was a protection it had a type of protection i don't know what the glass what type of glass it was but you can still see through but is there technology so apparently they came from somewhere else in our solar system and they activated something else with this jewel and also they activated something also in europe in england there's one there they activated something else somewhere in south africa do not know where but i heard africa we were told um in our briefing before coming down of the activations that this particular jewel have And, and then they told us that each each of these arcs they have a particular jewel similar jewel that activates different things in their region where they're at but the one in atlantic they activated something out in our solar system so they needed it so they brought it back and my friend he took the jewel he was bawling he was like man don't look at me (laughs) so we were like laughing and just bawling at the same time because we felt like a sense of peace but it was like a sad it's it's a sensation that comes back if you even think about it you know so they took the jewel and they started putting it back and it locked in place and it started glowing and the arc started freaking shaking so i I said hey we got to get the hell out of here i did not feel that we needed to be there any longer i said we need to leave this jewel alone and get the hell out of here so they agreed Uh, we started going back when we started going back, we passed the chamber where the fishes are at, and the fishes were all on the floor with the with the liquid just flapping. It looked like the gravity stopped. Whatever was holding the, the orb where the fishes were stopped. But it was coming on and off. So you could see the fish floating and then flapping and then floating, flapping. It was like trying to turn back on, but the ship was shaking. So we were looking at our watches and we were looking at a grid location and apparently the ship was moving a couple feet per per minute. So I said, hey, we got to get the hell out of here and get on the elevator before the ship, you know, dislocates. We have to get out of here. So we started moving back and the Nordics, they wanted to stay. So we're like, oh, shit, here we go again. Because, you know, something similar happened to us with the Mexicans, with the Aztec people that they were dancing and all that. Yeah, the the, the very first Atlantic space mission, you said that, that the Aztec... Curia Mate. Um, yeah, when they started singing Curia Mate. Uh, so the Nordics stayed behind and our orders was to always stay with them. So I was looking at my watch. Everybody was looking at their watch. The watch was acting kind of weird. It started turning off. Every electrical stuff that we had started turning off. We were stuck in this chamber like for like 40 minutes. And we were there with the Nordics. And they started humming a beautiful song. Like, if I can remember it. If it's okay with you, I'm going to put the echo on a little bit. Sure. I remember the rhythm, but I don't remember the language. 
they were like, it sounded like Egyptian Hebrew type of language, and they kept singing it. Like if they were worshiping something, like if they were worshiping. So we were hearing that. And we were like, wow, it sounds beautiful. We we're like, man, it's crazy, but we, we still need to get the hell out of here. So while they were singing, they were activating the ship. They activated the, the location where the door opens and they pointed at us and said, you guys like have to go now. We kind of like heard what they were saying, but they were not moving their lips. So we understood like directly what they were saying telepathically, like talking to us, like move. You guys got to get out right now. We have to stay here. Our mission is to stay here. You guys can go. One of us is up there and we'll explain to you what's happening. So the reason that one soldier stayed behind is to explain to us what was going to be happening. And I'm sure that he was explaining already up there to the higher ups what was happening and what they were going to be doing. So they actually were like type of um, activating the ship in a certain way that when the storm comes, I think the storm carries this type of energy uh, when the low pressure goes over the arc. I think the storm has uh, a type of electrical I know in the eye, the storm is not that strong, but it's really, really hotter in the middle of the eye of the storm. So that energy that goes around, I don't know, it, it activates something in the arcs. I don't know how it works, but it's a type of technology that they use for activation. And it kind of makes sense that um, in the middle of the storm that this ship could leave. And I remember them saying that the donor ship was going to leave the location soon. So now they're like, okay, so this ship is moving enough. Like maybe it's going to be fully activated and we'll leave with, uh, with this hurricane Lee to the upper atmosphere and unite with some sort of, it's going to unite with something that is coming in our solar system right now that everybody's going to see. It's going to unite to it. And we were just, okay, we're going to leave you guys here. So we started going towards the elevator. And we started hearing the elevator scratching with the tubular metal chain, that tube that holds the elevator. And we're like, crap, man. Hope the higher-ups already know about them staying here. And I told them about my experience with the Aztecs. I said, hey, we have to leave them there. If it's for them to activate something, we probably already knew that's why they call for them to bring back the jewel. So it's something that is above our pay grade. So we don't have to stop them or nothing. They know and we have seen that they're activating something in the ship and we feel peace with them. They're really peaceful and they're just doing their job. So we, we got on the elevator and we started, we closed the doors and I gave one last glance to them. And they just waved and kept humming and singing that beautiful song. And while they were singing, there was activations of different areas of the ship, a uh, type of light that was turning on. It was like a bluish 
gold light. It's a beautiful light that was stringing up like in veins and lighting up the ship. While we were going to the elevator, we were seeing that everything was getting lit up. And there's things that we did not see that the light light up that was really interesting. It was really nice. It was beautiful, 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 beautiful. It was a beautiful interior type of light. So when they were singing, we, we started feeling a type of good, good peace, like happiness, like joyfulness. And we kept with that sound and we started humming it in the elevator. And we were looking at each other like, what the heck? <laughs> we're, we're all humming at the same time. Like it was contagious, uh, the rhythm. And I'm sure when people hear it, they're going to keep humming it after the interview. It was beautiful. So we go up. And this elevator, I never felt it going that fast up because I felt really heavy on the way going up. So the way the elevator was going up, it was fast. So we got up and we saw that one Nordic soldier. He was talking to everybody. And everybody had their mouth, like their jaw open, like, what the heck? Oh. So this donut-shaped ship is going to start heading north towards the middle of the north to some islands that are close to Europe. I know people, if they put one and one together, probably know which islands are these. It's not Bermuda. It's more north. north Bermuda? Three islands? I don't know. Can't say. But you guys will put one and one and figure it out. I'm sure there's a lot of smart people that look at these videos and they put one and one together. You know, I, I do get the green light to say certain things, but there's certain things that still needs to be like classified just for the protection of these massive ships and these massive vehicles that we have. So the, the elevator detaches, right? So it stays with a, it stays floating there like a floater and the ship leaves it. And I guess whenever it comes back, it knows the location by GPS that is left behind and the grid location. But this massive storm, it's going to be huge. I don't know if people are tracking. Hurricane Lee, it is massive. It's going to hit, right now, it's getting close to the location of the arc. And it's going to activate the arc. That's where we're hearing. That's why they had their jaws down. That's what the um, Nordic soldier were saying, that the arc was going to be activated. And the helicopter was there waiting for us already. So after the briefing and we told them everything that we saw, and we even told them that there was even more writings that we did not do research and this and that. So everybody was kind of sad because of that. But the arc was moving a couple feet every minute in to the deep side of the Atlantic. So activation or not, it was moving towards the middle of the Atlantic to where it's deeper. So I know west from the arc, west side from the arc, there is a city there of the three pyramids and these beings that live there we haven't communicated with them in a long in a while since that last interview that we had i know there's other people that communicate or have missions that are more um intense i know there's more people out there doc that are going through these type of missions and have even a bigger story but you know, like we know, I'm getting the green light to tell you this information. And, you know, and when th these types of information comes out, people get attacked, you know. I'm getting attacked here and there, you know. 
for me to stop talking, for me to stop bringing out this information. But, you know, we got the white hats that are saying, hey, no, you, you're good. You're protected. So, you know, there's a there's a battle right now is massive with this closure. And a lot of people need to know that right now that this battle is really, really getting fired up with bringing these types of information out. You know, there's one thing talking about, uh, oh, yeah, I saw a ship and yeah, we followed it and all that. But there's other information that they're probably leaving out that they probably visit the ships or they probably visit other places that are in the, in the earth that they're not allowed to talk to. Can you talk about what the jewel from the Ark was used to activate in other places? I mean, you said that the other things were activated. I mean, are we talking about other Arcs or technologies in different places? You mentioned Europe. I think you mentioned Asia. So, yeah, can you talk any more about what you were told about that? Ancient technology, um, type of ships that are dormant, different types of smaller ships that are protected by certain governments that are really, really advanced, type of portal-like technology also. It activates. It also activates certain people as well. Like, say, we bring this jewel to a location that there is probably 300 people, right? Out of those 300, probably one person will get activated in a certain way that he can see the past and he can see the future. The jewel has that type of, I could say, energy or power to activate certain individuals to see the past and to see certain events that happen. So it's like a type of library, but it goes to the quantum realm into your head and it activates visions. So it was really, it's a really interesting technology. And and who was doing the activation? I mean, who was carrying the jewel? Because you say the Nordics brought the jewel to that floating donut-shaped ship. So were the, mm-hmm. were the uh, Nordics that were doing the activation or was it the Earth governments? Well, the same way they came back, right, to bring the jewel and to put it back into the ship, there's Earth governments. You know, we were part of that, putting it back into the ship. So there's Earth governments that get involved also with them. And there's only particular of individuals that can go into the arc. And there's other individuals that go into other arcs that we can't go into. So I guess they pass it on to the other individuals that are allowed in the other arcs and they activate it and then they give it back. You need, you need to really trust people to um, handle the, this type of technology. It, it's really interesting the way it's organized, you know, and it's protected. I'm sure there was a couple unidentifying flying objects flying over the donut ship, protecting the situation or inside the ocean, just protecting whatever that we were doing, you know? You you mentioned the, the arc moving. So mm-hmm. this movement 
just to avoid this hurricane that's coming, or is this movement part of something else? This movement is part of the activation of this particular arc that is probably going to lift up through the storm to the atmosphere. So when you say lift up through the storm to the atmosphere, you're saying as this hurricane is above the location where the arc is, the arc's just going to go straight up. And so effectively no one's going to see it because there's a hurricane above it, but the arc will use that as a cover to go, what, go out into space and stay there for a period of time. Is that what you were told? See, when we were leaving, right, we, we got on the helicopter you know, the other people that are getting the briefing. And we looked down to the helicopter. Doc, there was a major, major green glow coming out from the ocean. The size of, of the arc. Like, it was green. Bright, bright, dark green light coming out from the bottom. And that's something that you can totally see from space if the satellites can totally pick it up. I'm sure they could pick up the donut-shaped ship as well. And you notice that when we dropped down the balloons, we never made it. We we never let it go to the Atlantic. Did you notice that? You mean that um, that Chinese spy balloon was shot down? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. So it never made it out, out to the Atlantic. There was a reason for that. Yeah, people can put one and one together. Uh, I know a lot of people are smart. So we were flying up, right, with the 60, and we started seeing the whole area where the donut ship was or is glowing that greenish color, and it was coming out from the deep. So that means this ship was really, really activating the waters around it. And we also saw the same thing above the city. It was glowing blue, like a bluish, dark, bright blue light coming out from that location. So it was activating the city in a way, but it's also activating itself and the ocean. And you're talking about that underwater city with the three domes, right? The yeah. one that you you described in an earlier uh, mission report. Mm -hmm. so, so you described that as, even though it's a complex of three domes, you described that as what, one city or three cities joined together? It's like uh, three cities joined together, but it's its own government. They operate under the same ruler or, yeah. Well, what happens after the arc? If, if it uses the hurricane to go out into outer space, uh, once the hurricane leaves, what happens then? They start activating one by one, I guess. They start activating. All the different arcs start doing the same thing. Right. Are the arcs going to like do it in a stealthy way, like this Atlantic arc? Because you're saying it's going to go out into space using a hurricane as a as a cover. So it's like it'll be a stealth maneuver into space. So is that going to mm -hmm. be the same other arcs that they're all going to do something in a stealthy way to go out into space? And then what are they going to do up there? This particular arc is going to meet up with something else that is coming in space. I don't know what it's going to meet up with, but this week coming up 
is going to meet up with something in space. And I think a lot of people are going to talk about it. Okay. So I know more than a year ago now, you said that when the arcs start activating or move into a high mode of activation, that they're going to start floating and people will see them. Is is this part of that process or something else? What we were told is that this particular arc is beginning to activate and it's going to get lifted up when this particular storm is coming through the Atlantic and it's going to go higher to the atmosphere and it's going to reunite with something else up there. So this particular arc is different from the other arcs. It's not the same from other arcs. Possibly, I hope, I hope we can get to see this beautiful arc and everybody can see it. Uh, we need to figure out where this hurricane is going to go. Where is the pathway of this hurricane? So this, this ship is quite big. You know, I'm sure there's going to be a sighting somewhere of this particular ship, this particular arc. And this week, um, more orbs are going to be seen coming in and out from the oceans. There's a, there's a massive activation happening right now in the oceans. Uh, a lot of things are getting activated in the oceans. There's a lot of activation happening in the oceans. And people are going to see these orbs and see these ships that are like half the size of, of the arcs. But yeah, th this, this particular arc is being activated. And that's where we're told from these Nordic extraterrestrials. And that's what I got the green light to say. Okay. And, and so for now, uh, as far as you know, the Nordics are still in this arc. And is there going to be a mission to rescue them? Or is it just going to be up to the Nordics to deal with their personnel being on that? Yeah, I think right now it's up to the Nordics because I'm sure they dislocated the, the elevator. And the way that one Nordic was talking is that they have it handled. That's why everybody had their jaw. Like, we got this handled. I guess they got told from a higher up, and they relayed the message to them that they're in charge now. So it is they that they are in charge right now of that arc. We don't have nothing to do with that arc right now. And I'm sure they're going to do the same thing with the Pacific. Okay, so that was the Atlantic arc in the in that area of the Bermuda Triangle. Now you, you mentioned the Pacific arc, which is in the area of the Dragon's Triangle, south of Japan to the east of Taiwan. So, you know, anything about that one? I mean, is that activating? I'm sure it was probably activating the same time as this particular arc. But I don't think that one is going to the atmosphere. The Atlantic arc is going to come up from there. And it's going to meet up with something that is in our solar system that is coming in. So it sounds as though the Atlantic arc, I mean, you've mentioned before that that's the biggest of all the arcs. So it is seemingly playing some kind of pivotal role in in how all the rest of the arcs are going to behave 
in response to something coming into our solar system. So yes. this is, is this something new that's arrived in our solar system or something that's arriving near the Earth that's been this in is, our solar system? It's going to be near the Earth, but it has arrived in our solar system before. Everybody's familiar with this particular object that is coming in. I didn't get enough of the green light to talk about this particular object, but I'm sure people are going to talk about it soon. Okay. Well, you know, we've had Elena Danan and a few others talk about fleets of craft arriving recently in our solar system within the last two years. So some of those have been moving towards the Earth. So presumably mm -hmm. it's it's one of those ships. They're 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 actually gonna in a vicinity of Ceres and the asteroid belt heading close to Mars that that particular of route right now. But yes, yeah, they're they're really getting close to Earth, the these objects. Mm -hmm. And they're they're huge. They're really huge. They're really huge. There are huge objects. Now, last time that you went into the Atlantic space arc, you had missing time. You were there for a couple of hours, or you, you, you thought you were there for a couple of hours, but it turned out you were there for two days. And you, you had flashbacks or visions of extraterrestrials down there. So did you get any more information, any more clarity about who they were that you saw down there? Yeah, that was from your... No. I know that these soldiers that came, they look really similar to those people that I saw. Really similar. Like, really similar to what I saw. Okay. You know, that's one of the reasons we felt kind of peace, because I know my friend felt it too, um, that went with us to pick up the, the jewel. He was there with me, and he felt the same way. He's like, these people are familiar. These people are nice, you know? And the way they were tearing up as well when they were handling the the jewel, we knew that yeah, they're they're really peaceful. We feel peace with them, you know. Oh, so those Nordics did tear up when they were handling the jewels. Oh yeah, yeah, they totally teared up. They yes. they were tearing up as well as uh, as us. So that's interesting uh, because one would have thought when the jewel was taken out originally, and people, you know, you described tearing up and people crying and having that emotion, that returning the jewel would, would be the opposite effect, but interesting that it was the same thing. Yeah. This particular jewel holds everything to it, you know? It grabs, like, the, the sadness of everything that it connects to. The reason I think they took it to activate these other places, just to take out the negative, I think it takes out, like, the negative negative part of 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 everything and it just keeps it to it and just by looking at it you just feel like crying it's it's crazy hmm. and certain people they can see if they touch it they can see the past and they can see major catastrophes that ha happened before and it, it just flashes like if you were blinking really fast and you see these flashes of destruction but not necessarily of our planet, but other other particular planets. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting, Doc, what's going to happen. I know a lot of people are going to have a lot of questions. 
So of of your team, of the four of you that went down there, the soldiers, that you were part of that squad, did any of you guys have any kind of visions when you were near that, that jewel? Those were the flashbacks I was talking about you about, Doc, that loss of time. You know, we all touched it in some way, the jewel, you know, the handling of it. So you just get these. You get these flashbacks and it's millions, millions of years old, you know, older than, than what you can imagine. Okay. Well, yeah. sorry. I, I was just going to say, um, yeah, we've been going for some time. So anything you want to say about, uh, you know, what, what you think is next when it comes to the Atlantic space arc or the arcs in general? Okay. Well, I was told that this arc was going to be activated. I know there's going to be there's going to be a mission to verify, but we don't know when is that going to be to verify to see if the arc is still there or to see where the location of the arc is at because we do have we did leave stuff in the arc and we left a couple stuff there that certain people wanted us to leave that you know I, I don't have a particular green light yet to tell you what we left there. But it's certain stuff that we left there about our history. Just in case something did happen like this, you know, they would know about our civilization or know about how we lived and all that. So we we did leave a couple stuff in there. In the arc. Okay. So we're going to know where this arc is at. If it does goes to the atmosphere, we're going to know the location. It fits moving more into the middle of the arc. We're going to know the location. If it's moving to another type of city to activate a certain city that is in the middle of the, of the Atlantic, that could be a possibility. But what we were told from the Nordic on top is that it's going to go meet up with something. Who knows? Maybe it might come back and all I will see. That will be really exciting if that happens. But I assure you that what I want to leave with the people, if you guys see arcs or a particular ship that we're going to see more sightings of, the reason every outlet on TV is talking about it, because something is going to happen. Something is going to occur that's going to shock a lot of people, shock a lot of religions all around. People are going to be shocked when they see this for the first time and they see it clear as day. But we also got this project blue beam that we have to be careful of, you know. So it could be a mixture of blue beam and, and real, real things happening at the same time just to confuse people. So you just have to have the heart and mind and happy thoughts just to discern what is real and what is not. And that's what I want to leave with the audience today. That prepare yourself, you know. We're getting ready to to ride a nice storm. And there's a battle right now for disclosure. And we just have to buckle up and, and ride the tide. You know, Doc? Yep, thank you. That's, that's good advice. So anything you want to say uh, in finishing uh, to our Portuguese and Spanish-speaking friends? Oi, tudo bem? Brasil, amo muito vocês. 
vocês é nossa vocês escrevem muito bonitinho para mim e amo seus comentários eu acho que no futuro a gente vai falar português ah, falar, falar minhas experiências em Brasil para vocês entender a gente sabe que em Cardos Novos tem um tipo de ativação isso que vocês estão ligado e fica com Deus fica com a presença positiva e a gente está aí para todo mundo que habla espanhol em Sudamérica Espanha estamos cercanos a la historia que todo el mundo está hablando aquí en Estados Unidos, en Francia, en España. Están hablando de un tipo de activación. Estamos hablando de un tipo de activación que el mundo va a ver más ovnis, más um, bolas de fuego saliendo de diferentes lugares, eh, diferentes tipos de agua y... Gracias por los comentarios también que están dejando ustedes. Um, estoy bien agradecido por los comentarios. Sean bendecidos. Los amos mucho a todos. So, Doc, basically what I said is um, I'm really happy because it's every country that has a story that is part of this. It's not just the United States. You know, every country has their own type of story of what's happening here. And I know that their governments are working Maybe they want to keep it as a classify or keep it as in between themselves. But we know that most of the governments of the world right now are passing through these type of situations of arc activation or visiting caves that have not been been visited for thousands of years and finding drawings and finding different things that are connecting the dots for two different countries. And that's how different countries are getting involved right now in space and it's really exciting times doc so basically that's what i told the spanish and portuguese audience that to be ready and to keep listening to this, this information if they do have uh, a type of information se vocês têm também informação também conecta com michael sala exopolitics um also si tienen más información de este tipo de cosas no tengan miedo si trabajaste en el gobierno conectate con Exopolitics e Dr. Michael Sala. Um, basically, I'm telling also the audience, like, don't be scared. You know, if you're um, going through these different situations or these different experiences and throughout your government, um, don't be scared to connect with Exopolitics um, with you, Doc. That's how I connected with you for the first time, as you remember, with my experiences and the rest is history. So I know more people are, are going to going through similar things well thank you jp i i wish you godspeed in your continued service and look forward to our future updates roger appreciate it and i hope everybody share love a lot of love and happy thoughts it goes a long way do good things to others if you see somebody like on the side of the road and with a flat tire stop and help them help them somebody needs help with something just help them always share love with that's that will activate certain things in your life i'll just leave it as that i love you guys thank you jake you have been listening to exopolitics today with dr michael sala 
Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com.